Park Associati is an architecture, urban planning, and design studio founded in 2000 by Filippo Pagliani and Michele Rossi, which since its founding has developed out-of-the-box ideas and stimuli from its open design methodology. Across the many different scopes, the firm is driven by embracing listening, intuition, and experimentation to challenge common typologies and find solutions that work best from, for different stakeholders. And today I am joined by Prague Associates Head of Research, Matteo Arietti, with whom we will converse about humanities and architecture. So thank you so much, Matteo, for being here. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. Will you first tell us about your firm, uh, your values, and also the journey? Yeah, of course. So as you said, the practice was founded in the year 2000 by Filippo Pagnani and Michele Rossi. And well, basically our first home was a small apartment, uh, which was then converted into an architectural studio. Uh, we basically had a few workstations, a model room, a small kitchen, and that's it. And this is where the, the first residential and international projects um, were, were done, um, especially the very first one, the Credit Suisse branches in Milan, um, Frankfurt, Munich, and Berlin. And yeah, in these early years, we basically um, filtered what was coming from the outside, developed the ideas, and basically embraced influences to uh, build our method, our, our culture of design which is based on dialogue uh, and uh, it is actually characterizing us still these days. So having then evolved and grown as a practice, uh, well, we moved in, in another place where we are um, working now. Um, we are basically in a old um, telephone factory uh, that has been converted in our practice and uh, it has been expanded again in 2018 and 2022 because um, it's a really big time to be here because we're growing significantly. So now we can count on a team of around 80 people, uh, while in 2013, when we moved here, we were uh, just 20. Um, uh, to go on with what we do, uh, well, we are active not just in the field of architecture. Uh, we work in urban planning, landscape uh, design, interior design, and product design too. And um, I would define our approach as um, analytical, practical, uh, and tailor-made. But at the same time, we care about tradition and we are able to generate um, like uh, new ways uh, to uh, design. And we can focus on new linguistic codes through our process that you mentioned before. Uh, we are really um, attached to these three keywords that we use to guide our design, which are, uh, well, listening, intuition, and experimentation, as you said. Uh, but the practice is not just about um, architecture and design. We are also active on collateral activities too. Um, we are trying to, to be as open as we can uh, to our community. Uh, and this is why um, we have renamed our uh, ground floor as Park Hub which is basically an eclectic space that we use, um, not just a workplace, but um, we intended it as a flexible box to, um, to allow us to host exhibitions and events and to really get in touch with 
other influences than architecture, such as science, such as arts, uh, such as photography, and uh, you name it, so on. And yeah, that's because basically we really value what we uh, are surrounded by, and um, we have, we have basically a deep trust in the people who work uh, with us and around us. Um, our community is really important. We are trying to be open to the city of Milan, even even because uh, we think that our strength really relies on people and especially on uh, our co-workers uh, who are uh, the real strength of, of what we do. And if we are able to, um, yeah, to submit really good projects is because um, we, we are working with such talented, talented creatives. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I would wrap up with um, with what we are trying to do with uh, with research. Um, we are finally accountable of uh, about the proposals that we do that we incorporate in our design, and uh, this is um, basically something that we have inherited by starting this uh, research group that we named Pact Plus, um, which is basically a, a unit that cites. Um, the design teams and helps them, uh, you know, try to find new workflows and new ideas and new innovation principles. Um, Park Plus really taps into a decades-long experience of the practice and the people that are working with us, um, and it's uh, dedicated to operate synergistically with them uh, in order to find, uh, you know, fresh opportunities um, to to learn about new strategies and. To imagine new concepts, so it's uh, it's really fun to to be here and to work uh, as an architect here. And with this R and D program, we are really trying to you know make innovation count and drive changes. Yeah, that's amazing. Since you happen to trust and involve a lot of people and the interaction between people, uh, we thought that it's fitting to talk about humanities in architecture. So uh, why are humanities important in architecture and what do we need to understand about it? Well, um, it's a tough question. So I'll try to, I, I will answer as Matteo now because I think that it's a really personal one. Um, I think that architecture uh, has always been a discipline um, with a leg into techniques and a leg into humanities, and its strength is is really uh, relying to this cross disciplinarity. Um, I think that nowadays something bizarre is happening, uh, which is stripping architecture of its humanistic roots, uh, while empowering more and more uh, the, the more technical aspects of the matter. And um, well, I think that architects are more uh, like design facilitators than they are design experts, let's say. Um, our profession should remain as flexible as possible, in my opinion, uh, because uh, this is a trait that we, that we can actually use to stay relevant in this um, super fast-paced evolving world, let's say. And uh, yeah, I think that if there's a discipline that it's the witness of the passing of time, uh, it is together with art, of course, it's architecture. So um, yeah, buildings, urban space, um, houses, offices, museum, infrastructures um, are like the real concretization of, of their relative zeitgeist, you know, the, the spirit of their time, the, the witness of their culture. So 
I think that we should try to internalize um, that architects need to be uh, profoundly um, attached to their culture. They really have to know it um, to propose like well-functioning projects uh, or to propose change if they understand that this culture is, is not working anymore and it needs to go in another direction. So yeah, this is why humanities are such uh, an important feature of architecture to me. Mm -hmm. That's great. So in what ways also can we promote and preserve humanities? Um, yeah, I think by, by expanding as much as we can our field of exploration um, and teaching people that architecture, uh, it's not just about design, uh, a building or an object or uh, anything that comes up to your mind, but it's really about decoding a process, uh, which is the design process. And um, I mean, this is not about the almighty architects that can like design everything, um, but it's about learning to move through uh, the process of pro solving, solving a problem, sorry. Uh, that to me, it's really like uh, navigating from crisis to crisis to finally find uh, the correct solution for the task that you have been assigned, you know? Mm. So um, I think that uh, humanities are really vital to this process uh, because they nurture your culture, as we said before, and your creativity uh, too. Um, I mean, to be an effective problem solver as an architect should be, um, I think that you need to be rigorous but you really need to, um, to not lose your, your creativity, the sparkle of your creativity. And yeah, I mean, um, I mean, what is creativity? So I know, I know that is a really tough question to answer. So I can give you just my point of view on this. I think that creativity is the capacity to anticipate uh, the wants and need of, of people and to show them uh, how, um, how to, uh, let's say, to show them that there's a, a new, a legitimate, fun and functional way of make their lives better. And I think that architects should master this talent to promote and preserve uh, humanities and architecture. That's great. So I think that's how you can connect form and shape, the technical aspect in architecture, history and also culture, they all come together through architecture. Right and design. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, you said the important uh, word that, it, that it's history, um, especially for us. Um, I think that this um, this question is really interesting because um, we actually started uh, by working a lot on um, on old buildings from the 20th century. Uh, mm -hmm. Here in Italy, we have an incredible amount of uh, architectural heritage. Um, which is fundamental to reuse. And I think that this word reuse is really what links uh, forms, history, uh, and culture. Uh, because, you know, if, if culture is what, is what you do and forms it is what you see, basically, I think that reusing history is actually the box that contains both the other two words and can really create a system around uh, a new way of doing architecture. So, um, I'll, I mean, we have a lot of experience in this field, so I'll, I'll try to give you a hint 
um, about the possibilities that we have, but it's really like, uh, I mean, you can tackle history from a lot of uh, different points. So we are really expert of the 20th century because we worked a lot on this, um, this kind of buildings. So I can give you the, our perspective of this subject. And I think that um, the, the respect of, for the masters of the 20th architecture is such that when professionals nowadays just think about uh, intervening on, on a work from the past is like really equal to violence. This is why when, when you approach a masterpiece such, I don't know, for example, Ville Savoie, um, you really need to have a philological and uh, a conservative attitude, uh, which um, bring back the motto as it was where it was. But I, I think that we should treat the matter of normal building uh, in a different way. Um, because if you apply this attitude to all the heritage that you have, you risk the um, you, you you fall into the risk of historicizing buildings that have a quality, um, but uh, they have not the status of monument. You know, so I think that there's a possible alternative to this, and it's really vital for us to reuse this heritage, but while trying to apply the theories of critical restoration to today work to today's world. I think that our practice um, is really um, good at lending an ear to the work that you actually have to do, you know, the, the real task that you have to propose uh, and give a personal reading of the building that we are working on. So um, this is a result. In, it's, it's really a dialogue between uh, interpretation of what you need and conservation of what, of what you have. Um, it's a really a dialogue between the language of a, a an original author and uh, and you. I mean us, you know. Um, well, we I think that we pioneered this concept quite well. We call it hard retrofitting, and it's something that has made. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's actually our manifesto. So we started from that, especially from a really key project, which is La Serenissima. Uh, that it's a former Campari building uh, designed here in Milan by the Soncini brothers that we uh, renovated in 2012. Uh, but this is just one of the studios, the many projects that have contributed to a new outlook on the theme of reuse, um, imposing actually a new trend on the Milanese real estate investment scene. And I think that this is something really good because uh, reconverting what is already there uh, it's in a circular way, in a resilient way, it's not only possible from an architectural identity, as we said before, but it's also uh, maybe one of the most sustainable growth strategies that it's actually adding value to something that exists by building less. I really like how you package it in such a way that we can do so much with architecture, but it will be very powerful if also like the public or the audience knows about it and they can amplify it to their day-to-day -day, um, life, right? So what approaches uh, can help shape or can help the public understand that architecture can do so much? It's a tough one because we, don't, we do not have like that good of a reputation as architects, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, yeah, that, that's curious because... Uh, 
despite being one of the most uh, um, important interest, industries of our economy, architecture is often underestimated in terms of the impacts, both and good, that it can have on society. Um, and if you carefully think about it, um, you can realize how mankind isn't detachable from architecture itself. Uh, I mean, we can't live without our shelters. Um, and, but people can't grasp uh, this thought. And I think that the fault is mainly ours um, because we lost uh, the central role that we had in the past um, because of a false misconception about technicality and how we are not e equipped as engineers to deal with it. Uh, but I think that to, to get in touch with people, we should understand that techniques, um, I mean, um, doesn't have to be necessarily our own, our main occupation. We should learn about it enough to have a functioning dialogue with the, the other professional involved into design, the design process. But that's it. I think that our architecture should focus on tectonics, should focus on um, strategies for adaptation to a changing world and on environmental responsibility. And that's the challenge for the future, uh, to convince people that we still have something to say about these subjects. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the only way to do this is to actually having, having to say something about it and to say it in a resonant, proper and meaningful way to, to the people around us. So one of the more recent projects you completed is the Luxottica Digital Factory, right? Yeah. Will you tell us more about it and what did you try to achieve through the design? Yeah, I think that um, this project is really uh, a hybrid project be between uh, reuse and rebuild, you know? Uh, as we were saying before, uh, I mean, uh, paying uh, the greatest attention to quality using technologically innovative materials and um, seeking um, innovative solutions are the, the digital factory uh, focal points. Uh, we took inspiration from Luxoptica's identity. Uh, Luxoptica is a really big uh, corporation um, that uh, produce everything that has to, to, to deal with the uh, glasses and sunglasses. Um, so um, we, we really valued their attention to transparency. And this is the keyword that we use to drive our thoughts during this process. Um, we basically revamped uh, an existing industrial building that was formerly occupied by General Electric um, by maintaining uh, the, the former volume uh, as much as we could. Um, and because the new addition were basically focused on facades and the inside. So um, we, the intervention in emphasized the, the building original shapes and lines uh, by, by eliminating any later uh, internal addition uh, and by adapting the, the building to the contemporary standards of safety and sustainability. So um, basically, we, we found an excellent uh, rainforest uh, concrete trust uh, structure that we tried to enhance with our design. So we spared it, we didn't uh, demolish it, 
and we use it to enhance uh, the verticality of the building, especially of the facade. Uh, so I think that um, the result is quite interesting because, uh, I mean, the casing is, is really the result of a technological and structural research uh, aimed at providing uh, the most transparency and brightness indoor. So the facades consists of a full height, uh, 11 glazed, 11 meters, sorry, glazed structure um, with uh, vertical blades that remind the visitors of the past structure that, that we had before. Uh, and this transparency and these huge glasses, this transparency is reflected into the internal spaces that are completely redesigned to accommodate um, a showroom plus uh, some commercial spaces. And of course, the, dig the digital lab the Luxoptica Digital Lab uh, at the first floor. So we designed these, in, these indoor spaces together with Storage Milano, uh, and uh, we tried to uh, create a hybrid box uh, which combined green leisure uh, and informal meeting areas. Uh, you can find a big garden at the ground floor and green patterns on the first floor uh, that uh, really helps the, the building to be perceived as something um really well being focused um the project follows as well the lead quality and sustainable protocol as much of the buildings now and i think that we are going to be estimated as as gold class um yeah i think that the factory is really uh, a project that helped revitalize the whole area uh, we transformed this suburban environment into a new vibrant vision that it's ready to be used by by the people from Milan. That sounds really cool. So lastly, how do you foresee the role of designers changing in the future? Okay. Um, okay, again, in this case, I will, I will answer as Matteo because it's a really personal question. Um, I think that um, all the super problems that we have in front of us uh, we'll need architects uh, with an active role uh, if we ever stand the chance to deal with them. Um, so I think that the most uh, defining issue of our time is climate collapse. And I think that architects will play a significant role in this situation. Um, I think that one of the things that will uh, change our role is that we have to become uh, expert of, um, I mean, we should become able to propose new strategies um, for adaptation to this new normality and um, that is already around us. And secondly, uh, we will need to deal with the advent of AI uh, and, its, and its effects. So I think that, um, I mean, I don't see in a foreseeable future um, architects being swapped for machine learning or something like that. Uh, but I think that we should learn how to control uh, artificial intelligence and use it uh, at our own advantage. And yeah, lastly, I think uh, that we should uh, invest in our flexibility, uh, in our professional flexibility. Uh, but that's something that uh, every millennial and every Gen, Gen Z should do because uh, architect or not, uh, because to stay relevant uh, in this accelerating world, I mean, I think that you should be able to learn the basic tools that can guarantee you to accommodate new professional path 
if it's never needed, you know? So I think that you can accomplish it by understanding how to process the, the gigantic number of information that you have on the web um, and to use it at your own advantage. And to do this, I think that, uh, of course, you should cultivate your curiosity and your creativity uh, above everything else. Mm, perfect. Can think of a better way to end. Thank you so much for sharing. I think the key takeaway of this session is what you said before, which I think is really cool. Um, architect is uh, a facilitator more than anything else. We facilitate different dialogues, different stakeholders, also different disciplines. And in order to be able to do that in the long term, we have to be open also to learning new stuff, right? Adopting new technologies, adapting new mindsets. So it really is about becoming open and flexible in order to make relevant changes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having us again. It was a pleasure.